Before we get started today, I would like us all to take a minute to think about when we were in high school. Now, this should be really easy if you're already in high school, but if you're not in high school yet, don't worry. Just picture what you think high school is going to be like. And if you're not in high school yet, please don't be terrified by what this exercise is going to be. So I'm gonna read a few things a little slowly to give you some time to think about each of the things I'm gonna say. So here we go. I want us all to picture ourselves back in the hallways of our high school. I want us to try to remember the things that we were thinking about back then. The things we liked. What things were important to us? Who were we trying to impress? What classes were we struggling with? What were our friends like? Who did we want to be like? What were we thinking about doing with our lives? What did our parents want us to do with our lives? What hurt us or confused us? And what frustrated us? And what did we want to change? Now, I'm gonna give you about 10 seconds to go ahead and if you're watching this at home, like comment below about what you think some of the most difficult parts of high school was for you. So ready, go. Now, I don't know if you feel better or more frustrated after this whole exercise. And while I couldn't read all of your comments and stuff right now, I'm guessing a lot of them boiled down to the same idea, pressure. And our world has a lot of it. Maybe you feel pressure about doing well in school or sports or every other extracurricular activity. Maybe you feel pressure from your parents, your guidance counselors, or even yourself when you consider college or what comes next. And maybe you feel pressure in the form of social media comparison. And as we get older, there are even more areas of our life where we feel pressure from, like our jobs, our responsibilities at home, our bills and other finances, and a ton of other things that we could list. And if you're like most of us here, that pressure feeds a fear of never measuring up, never being in the group of friends that we want, never getting the date that we want, or never having the sense of belonging that we really want. Many of you are familiar with the words stress and anxiety. We can even use them casually when talking about what to wear or what movies to watch. But you also feel them when you're trying to sleep at night, when you sit down to take a test at school that you kind of forgot about, or when we're asked by an adult what we're going to be doing with the rest of our lives. Or maybe when you think about what you're going to do next Friday night, and when you hear your parents arguing in the other room. The crazy thing is, is we experience it so many times in our lives that we often don't even notice it. It becomes a natural part of our existence. And if we do notice it, we wonder, is it anxiety or is it just a little bit of stress? Is this like normal anxiety or is it overload? Do I need to get help or am I taking small things and blowing them out of proportion? Or do I just need to get over it? Now, when a car is running out of gas, the low fuel light pops up, usually accompanied by an annoying beeping or chirping sound. It's a warning that says, hey, bro, get to the gas station and fill up. 
But what are the warning signs when it comes to anxiety? How do we know when we're in the danger zone? Well, unfortunately, it's not as simple as the fuel gauge in our car. You're a human being. You're dealing with a mixture of circumstances, personalities, influences, hormones, and mental patterns, just to name a few. Every person is different, so it's not as easy to recognize the warning signs of anxiety. But there are some symptoms that, when you identify them, is a red flag for sure. For example, when the pressure on your chest is so heavy that you feel like you can't breathe. When it's nighttime and you're trying to fall asleep, but you can't because your mind is racing so fast that it feels like you're on a treadmill and it just won't stop. When there are knots in your stomach and you feel like you can't focus on anything else or you have a tough time relaxing most of the time because you just always kind of feel on edge. What do you do then? What's normal and what's not? And more importantly, can you avoid these feelings or is this just the way that life is supposed to be? The thing about stress and anxiety is that there are some answers, but they could be different for nearly everybody. That being said, some of what we say today might be helpful for you and some of it may not be helpful for you right now. Just know that our goal is to help you as much as possible because we love you and we care about you. To start, let's make sure that we're all on the same page about the differences between stress and anxiety. So what's the difference? Here's an easy way to think about it. Stress is specific. It's a reaction to an actual situation, like the pressure you feel over an upcoming test or big game. Stress is usually short-term. When the specific thing we're stressed about passes, stress usually goes away. Now, anxiety is not specific. It's more like a reaction to the world as a whole. Anxiety is something you feel all the time or about all things. It's a general feeling of unease or fear that doesn't go away, even when the stressful circumstance does. Contrary to what you may think, both stress and anxiety can be a good thing. Stress helps us to accomplish what we need to accomplish. It pushes us to get better and to work hard. Nothing wrong with that. Anxiety comes from the same fear part of our brain that puts us on high alert when there's danger nearby. Like when we're about to get hit by a bus or fall off a cliff. We need that part of our brain. But anxiety becomes a problem when it sticks around for too long and is no longer helpful. When there's no danger that we need to pay attention to, but our mind and body is acting like there is, or when we're constantly creating new situations in our head to fear and to be anxious about, we need to know that that's not how we are designed to work. In fact, when we live with constant anxiety, our body creates a stress hormone that is pumped throughout the entire body that keeps us on high alert. And living like that for a long period of time eventually wears you down and wears you out. At that point, anxiety isn't helpful for pointing out danger. It's literally hurting you. It's keeping you from functioning in normal life. So the question is, what do you do about it? If you feel anxious almost all of the time, what are your options? Well, you could talk to a friend. You could go for a run, take a nap, lay off of energy drinks for a while, practice some breathing exercises, 
or meet with a counselor and get some therapy, and so on. Like we already mentioned, their coping will look different for nearly everyone. So for the next few minutes, we're going to look at one thing that everybody here can do when we feel stressed or anxious, no matter how severe or simple your feelings may be. Anxiety isn't a new problem. It's a human problem. So even though it feels intensely personal and makes you feel like nobody else gets what you're experiencing, you can rest assured that you aren't the first and you won't be the last and that you aren't alone right now. That's why I love the book of Psalms. There are several different types of literature in the Bible. The book of Psalms is like a book of poetry, but in some places in Psalms, it's more than poetry. It's like a journal written by real people who give us a specific insight into what they were feeling. Psalm 56 is just like that. It's a poem by David, who was probably the most famous king of Israel. We're told that the psalm was written when David was captured in Gath by the Philistines. In hindsight, we know that David lived through this experience. But at the time, David didn't know that. So who knows how much stress and anxiety he was feeling. He writes this, Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. David's enemies are out to kill him. He would be crazy not to be afraid. But notice what he does here. He names the thing that is stressing him out. One of the trickiest things about anxiety is that it makes us feel powerless. It puts a general fear in your heart, and that's a hard thing to beat. How do you get over anxiety that doesn't tell you to be afraid about anything specific, just the world in general? David starts by getting specific. Feeling stressed, overwhelmed, anxious? Name it. Now, it may seem a bit silly just by naming something that is stressing us out or giving us anxiety would help at all, but it helps us know what we're going to be working on and where we need to start. And as G.I. Joe wisely says, knowing is half the battle. But David doesn't end there. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Check out what David does here. He moves the focus from what's making him afraid to the God he trusts. His circumstances don't change, but his focus does. His situation doesn't shift, but his perspective does. And that's really important because sometimes the thing that causes us to feel overwhelmed is something we can't control. School is a reality. Parents arguing is a reality. Friends turning on us is a reality. Bills and taxes are a reality. And loved ones going to the hospital is a reality. Those things don't always go away, like a test does when we finish taking it. When life doesn't change, the one thing we can change is what we do with it and how we respond to the stress and anxiety that life brings us and we can bring it to God. We can acknowledge what we are feeling. We can name it. We can name why it bothers us, and we can shift our focus to something else that is a reality, God's role in it.
Think of it this way. When we're stressed or anxious, it could be helpful to name what, why, and who. We can name the what. We can name the why. And then we can shift our focus and name who God is. Here's what I mean. Imagine your parents or step-parents are fighting like crazy. And I don't care how old you are, when the adults in your life are fighting, it's stressful. Now imagine that during that kind of stress, you pray. God, my parents argue all the time. Acknowledge what is causing that stress. And then, I'm afraid that they're going to split up. I hate walking on eggshells at home. The mood in the house always feels tense. They are so caught up in the drama, they act like they don't care about my life. That's why it's causing stress. And finally, God, I know even if my home life feels out of control, you are in control. Even if my parents seem to not care, you do. Even if things change at home, you never change. That's who God is. One more time, name the what name the why, then shift your focus and name who God is. In anxious situations, this can help. Will it fix everything? Probably not, but it can help you see clearly. The idea is to form a habit on focusing on the truth and gaining a perspective that is larger than your current one. It will help you to train your mind and to get out of the rut of worry, stress, and anxiety. Think of it this way there are tools to take on anxiety. David knew what we know, that life can be overwhelming, that we will face things we don't feel prepared to face, that we will get stuck in negative thoughts, paralyzed by anxiety, stressed out about things we can't control, and fearful over what we can do about it all. And over time, he figured out that it did him no good to stay stuck there. So he modeled a way with the tools that can help us today. When it comes to stress and anxiety, there is no one-size-fits-all cure. There are lots of good and acceptable tactics to help us cope, and that's okay. But what's not okay is living with anxiety that holds you back from what you really want your day-to-day life to look like, all while you keep it to yourself. And that's why we want to begin the conversation today If your stress or anxiety has begun to take over, we want you to know that church, this church right here, is one of the safest places to talk about it. And if you have a conversation with a minister or a small group leader today, here's what won't happen. They won't say, just have more faith. Wow, nobody else feels like that. Or you have nothing to be stressed out about. In fact, if I had to predict how the conversation would go, I'm guessing that they wouldn't be surprised at all, that they would encourage you, and that they would help you figure out what your next step would be. Now, as we head out for today, no matter where you are and what you're feeling, if you're stuck in the anxiety, stuck in stress, or if you're not in the middle of it right now, be aware that seasons like that are likely to come. You need to know that you won't be helpless. There are tools to take on anxiety. There are people who will walk with you. There are ways forward. And there is a God who is absolutely crazy about you and who will be with you through it all. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord, we thank you that you are always here when we need you. When we feel stressed or anxious, we may even try to run away from everything, but you are still never far away. I pray that for all of us listening today, that we would recognize that there are tools to help us take on anxiety, that you place people in our lives who love us and will be here for us. And I ask that we would begin taking some steps to work on our mental health and to reach out if we need help. Thank you for loving us unconditionally, that we won't have to be fully put back together to come to you, but that you love us even while we are broken. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name we pray, amen.